Welcome to The Lawyerist Podcast, a series of discussions with entrepreneurs and innovators about building a successful law practice in today's challenging and constantly changing legal market. Lawyerist supports attorneys building client-centered and future-oriented small law firms through community, content, and coaching, both online and through The Lawyerist Lab. And now, from the team that brought you the Small Firm Roadmap and your podcast hosts. Hi, I'm Ashley Steckler. And I'm Zach Glazer. And this is episode 404 of the Lawyers Podcast, part of the Legal Talk Network. Today, Stephanie talks with Bernadette Harris about the F word, fraud. They discuss how to avoid becoming a fraud victim. Today's podcast is brought to you by Albatross Legal Workspaces, Postali, and Posh Virtual Receptionist. We wouldn't be able to do this show without their support. Stay tuned. We'll tell you more about them later on. So... Stephanie is talking to Bernadette today about finance. Well, specifically fraud, obviously, but she is our SME, our subject matter expert for our, the Lawyer's Lab. And she talks about finances, getting all your finances together. And we actually have, as well as Bernadette as the, the coach, we have a guide all about finances on the website that people can download. Yeah, we have subject guides on our website. We have one all about law firm finances. It takes people through long-term considerations, where you want your firm to be in the future, what kind of strategy you have to implement, billing, collections. If we're doing this work, are we collecting with the same efficiency? And how are we handling those finances? Are we outsourcing bookkeeping? What are the options there? what kinds of insurance considerations, tax obligations. And we really, in our guide, walk you through those different things to consider. We do have subject matter experts in our coaching program available to all of our um, lab members, but we also have on the website guides for the more DIY. I know I need to consider this. Where do I need to start taking people through marketing or website design or finances? And it's actually free to subscribers. And as you're going through that, my first thought actually was, oh my God, I'm glad that's written down. (laughs) (laughs) So all of that stuff, I mean, and that was just the the finances, I think that, that you went through, Ashley, all of that information. It's not easy to just keep in your head. And so it's nice to have something where it's written down right there for you. But the, the key is, you know, at Lawyers, we create a lot of content in helping lawyers run their business. That's a lot of what we do. And we have a lot of content that is free on the website. Some of it is just the website, but to subscribers, when you get on the website and it says, Hey, subscribe to our, you know, all that stuff, the guides and some more in-depth, I think information is also free right out there. And I mean, I think that's a, it's a lot of stuff. There's the legal tech guide. There's healthy clients guide. There's a lot of this stuff on there. Yeah. I know I need to do this next. I know I need to get a grasp on this next. Where do I start? Mm -hmm. Um, We have downloads, those guides available to subscribers. Now we will put the link directly to those guides in the show notes, but the direct link to these guides is actually at lawyers.com forward slash resources. And again, we'll put that link in the show notes. Now here's Stephanie's conversation with Bernadette. Hi, I'm Bernadette O'Harris. I'm the finance coach here at Lawyers and uh, excited to be on the podcast again today. 
And we are excited as well, Bernadette, because we are going to talk about the F word. Oh, yeah. You know, we <laughs> like the F word, right? <laughs> yeah. My team is like waiting on bated breath right now. No, we're not going to be dirty. We're going to talk about fraud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is a <gasps> breathtaking conversation, right? I mean, I think like we had this with a labster recently that was talking to you and was really worried and nervous to let go of his bookkeeping and let go of the financial parts of his business because he was worried that somebody would steal from him or or do him wrong, right? And that is a real fear that, well, I guess it goes on the spectrum. You have some business owners that are really scared about it and others that sort of don't think about it at all and just say, here, do all my stuff. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly right. You you know, you have those business owners who really feel like it will never happen to me. A lot of times people think it's big business problems and they don't realize that these things happen in small businesses too, right? The problem is that with a small business, you don't always have the ability to recover like a big business can. So we really have to be diligent as small business and as small firm owners to make sure this doesn't happen to us. Yeah. And so we got to find that happy middle where you can have someone else helping you with your finances, but have the systems and processes in place that you're checking on them. And that, I mean, it could be that they're stealing from you or it could be they're just not doing their job and are not doing their job correctly. So you don't have to always frame it in terms of theft, right? Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, but I trust this person. So they must be okay. Yeah. And sadly, it's always the people you trust. You know, it's trust but verify. Right. So just because grandma's still, teenagers still, millennials, Gen X, Gen Y, whatever, there's no demographic data to say, oh, this group of people are the people that you need to watch out for. Right. And it can happen to anyone. I remember as I was a young person. I was a child. And I remember my father telling this story about someone he knew who was a stand-up citizen, right? Like everybody liked this guy, was at a card game with friends one night and someone passed around like cocaine. And he had never tried drugs. Like this was not the kind of like, you know, you wouldn't think of him as like a user, but he's at this game with the guys and he tries it and he finds himself with a problem. And he eventually starts stealing from the business because he was in this downward spiral. And this is not someone that you would have even thought of, right? Just something, at least that was the way I heard the story. Maybe there was more to it, but that story has always stuck with me because it's an example of just like everyday people and things happen in their lives and suddenly they make bad decisions. Yeah. And there's always, you know, in fraud, I don't know if your listeners know that I'm also a forensic accountant, but one of the things that we study in forensics is what are some of the things that causes people to do these things? And we talk about the pressures. Pressures of life have a tendency to make people do things that they wouldn't normally do. Like the story you just told, who knows what he was going through and thought maybe, hey, I'll try it this one time. And it may have given him a relief that he thought he needed. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And like you said, it's kind of a downward spiral. So there are lots of pressures. There could be pressures related to health issues, medical bills, 
divorce, all kinds of things, you know, are causes that make people do things that are out of character. Yeah. I'll just share one other like story just to scare everybody <laughs> the other way. <laughs> That's part of our job today, right? We got to scare them just enough to pay attention to, to what you're going to say next. We had another person in our lab community when they first started working with us, they found out that their office manager had basically just stopped doing her job. I don't really know how else to explain it, except I don't know, like she didn't steal from the company. She when she left, they found a whole bunch of checks in the in the desk drawer that had just never been deposited. And then they start doing some more investigation and find out. I think really the reason they found this out is because their health insurance, they got a notice that it was going to get canceled for a non-payment. So this person just not only did she not deposit checks, she just stopped paying bills and they had the money like there was nothing stolen or missing at the end of the day. She just literally stopped doing her job, stopped depositing checks, stopped paying the bills. And suddenly they were in crisis because it was a huge mess. And it does, like you said, it takes time to recover and just get everything back on track because uh, it was terrible. And so no one stole But yet that was bad and a problem that could have been prevented if people would just put some things in place, like you said, trust, but verify. Right. And when you think about recovery, recovery is two levels. There's the financial recovery, right, of having to go back and pay all these bills and get caught up and explain and late fees and all of that. Right. But then there's also the emotional recovery, because as a business owner, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm so irresponsible or you you start blaming yourself or I can't believe I trusted her, all of these things. And that that is also very hard to recover from. Absolutely. Because now you have to get to a position where you trust someone again. Yeah. And it's not always easy. Yeah. Well, so now that we have everyone depressed and scared. (laughs) I know. Right. Right. So it's like. I want my podcast to be one of the ones that people actually want to hear. Like they don't want to hear. No, they, they do. This is de- yeah. They do want to hear this one because this is like <laughs> the the thing in the closet that nobody wants to talk about. But they need to know because it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be right. big, bad, or scary. I think you're here to tell us that actually there are some simple things we could put in place, and so maybe we should start laying some of those out. Yeah, let's kind of talk about it. So as you said, as At LabCon, I spoke with one of the labsters who was concerned about this very thing. And my immediate thought was he wants to get rid of the bookkeeping. He's doing the bookkeeping. And my immediate thought was, well, absolutely, because doing the bookkeeping is not a good use of your time. As lawyers and those of us who are running our firms, we have to focus on income producing activities. We have to focus on the high dollar earning activities and outsource the things that are not. So he knew that, you know, doing his bookkeeping was not a good use of his time, but he was afraid, rightfully so. But what I always say to people is, it is okay to outsource those things. You just have to outsource them with the system. You have to have a system. You have to have a process. And we use the word financial controls. You put those financial controls in place so that you can allow someone else to do it. But one of the things that I always say to people, and actually I talked about this in my TED Talk, your employees are going to watch what you watch. So if they know that you're not paying attention to stuff, 
then they know that they can kind of get away with it. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're a parent, you know, you know this with your kids, right? I know with my daughter, if I, when she was a little girl, if I didn't say anything about her room not being clean for days and days and days, it would stay not clean for days and days and days because they pay attention to the stuff that you're paying attention to. So if you're paying attention and in the case of the business owner whose office manager wasn't doing anything, why wasn't she seeing that there were no checks coming through the bank account? Because right. she wasn't paying attention, you know. And so that's one of the, the biggest things as business owners, as law firm owners, is we just got to pay attention. Pay attention to very small things. Checking your bank account on a regular basis so that you can see, one, that payments are being made, but who these payments are being made to is a really small thing, that a control that you can put in place. Yeah. And I know a lot of people... We'll have one person, like a two-person system is what I always used in my business. So I had somebody prepare all the checks, but somebody else would sign them. In my case, I liked to sign all the checks. And even yep. now at Lawyerist, we use an online service. I mean, we use bill.com. And so our bookkeeper will prepare bills, but I have to sign off on them before that, you know, electronically, I can do it on my app. I literally sometimes do it like walking down the hall. So it doesn't (laughs) take much time, but there's like that two person system where I'm approving bills, checks going out and certainly expenses over a certain amount I have to approve. Absolutely. And that's, that's called separation of duties. And so in the accounting world, we say separation of duties, but essentially that just means that you don't let the kid check his homework, right? Because everybody get an A if they check their own <laughs> test, right? I know I would, wouldn't you change the grade, right? You know, so at least your 10-year-old self, you would change the grade, right? They'll change the answers to the right answer. So separation of duties mean that one person does one thing and someone else kind of comes behind them to check. And in the case of the office manager, if there was the office manager's job to to maybe write up the deposits and someone else took them to the bank, you know, that may be an example of a separation of duties. And if that someone else has not gone to the bank in a while, it's like, Hey, what's going on? Have we not gotten any checks this week? You know? So. Yeah. I think that's a good example. Well, let's take a break. We'll hear from our sponsors and when we come back. Let's dive a little bit more into this idea of separation of duties. The Lawyerist podcast is brought to you by Posh Virtual Receptionists. As an attorney, do you ever wish you could clone yourself? You could take a call while you're in court, capture a lead during a meeting, or schedule an appointment with a client while you're elbow deep in an important case? Since you can't be in two places at once, let Posh answer. Posh is a team of professional, U.S.-based live virtual receptionists who are available 24-7, 365 to answer and transfer your calls so you never miss an opportunity. With Posh handling your calls, you can devote more time to billable hours and building your law firm. The Posh app puts you in total control of when your Posh receptionist steps in. So if you can't answer, Posh can. And if you've got it, Posh is always just a tap away. With Posh, you can save as much as 40% off your current service provider's rates. Even better, Posh is extending a special offer to Lawyerist listeners. Visit posh.com forward slash Lawyerist to learn more and start your free trial of Posh Live Virtual Receptionist Service. That's posh.com forward slash lawyerist. And by Albatross Legal Workspaces. When running any business, 
including a law practice, there are critically important operations that are often overlooked and ignored by lawyers. Top on that list is data security, ransomware protection, data leaks, and data backups. Those tasks can seem unimportant and time-consuming or an added cost. And even with IT teams involved, they're often misconfigured and mismanaged. Albatross Legal Workspaces is an excellent solution for law firms to streamline those types of operations. Albatross Legal Workspaces was built to be the all-in-one office for law firms. It stores all your applications, files, desktops, and servers in your own private cloud that is accessible from anywhere. No need for expensive desktop or server upgrades or unresponsive IT companies coming to the office. And the mundane yet critical security and backup operations are seamlessly integrated, hassle-free. The service also includes 24-7 IT help desk. Albatross Legal Workspaces covers you from A to Z. To learn more and receive one month of free service, please visit albatross.cloud forward slash lawyerist. That's A-L-B-A-T-R-O-S-S dot cloud forward slash lawyerist. And by Postali. Finding a marketing partner for your firm can be challenging. Are you getting sound advice? Is your marketing agency always working in your best interest? You shouldn't have to worry about these things. At Postali, they believe marketing companies should adopt the same duty to their clients that is required of the legal profession. For this reason, they require that all team members sign a fiduciary oath to act in good faith and put clients' best interests ahead of their own. They service with care, candor, and loyalty. Postali is a full-service digital marketing agency exclusively for lawyers. To learn more about how they're different, visit postali.com forward slash lawyerist. That's P-O-S-T-A-L-I dot com forward slash lawyerist. Okay, we're back and we're trying to help people with some basic things that they should be thinking about paying attention to as they start to outsource their bookkeeping and their financial duties. Are there other sort of low-hanging fruit? We talked about one person preparing the checks, the other person signing them. But what are some other basic advice that you would give to any business owner? Honestly, I will start with background checks. Even though we didn't start the conversation there, but background checks is something that's really, really simple. Sometimes it may reveal some things that you didn't know about this person. Just like the guy that you mentioned earlier, they may have something in their background and their history that they didn't share. So a background check, it doesn't cost that much and it can probably unlock something. So that's one thing that you could do. Another thing that you want to do is ask questions. When you're working with accountants, and we've we've talked to our labsters about this, about how to have better relationships with their accountant. A lot of times, business owners, law firm owners are a little intimidated by that conversation, right? Right. You know, we're all really smart people. So accountants are really smart. Attorneys are really smart. And we're just really smart at the stuff that we know. Right. Yep. And so there's sometimes there's an intimidation factor between having a conversation with your accountant. But ask questions. If you're looking at your financials, what is this? Why is this? You know, paying attention to those things, because if you're asking questions of your accountant, your bookkeeper, whatever, whoever the person is on your team, that lets them know that you're reading this, like you're paying attention to those things. And I think a lot of times, a lot of people don't, they don't do that. Like you get your financials and you just file them in a folder on your computer. 
Yeah. And I'm surprised too, like we have a system set up where our bookkeepers and controller, they have to send us our books for the prior month by a date certain. We then have a couple of days to review them. We ask our questions. They go back and make any adjustments and then they report back that they're you know closed for the month. If I didn't get that report by the 10th, they're going to hear from me, right? Like I'm going to be looking for it saying, where is this? And I am shocked by how many lawyers I talk to. They're like, well, I never get my reports. And I'm like, well, go ask for them. This person works for you. Like, You're like to your, them. Yeah, to your point, like, why are you just saying, well, they, they'll send them to me when they send them to me? It's like, no, you need to be on it and say, where, where's June's statements? Where's July's statements? Because again, that sends the message to that person. Oh, I got to stay on top of this. And they care and they're looking for them. They know when I'm exactly. not doing my job. Exactly. And that's so important that that a lot of times when you think about if you read about a fraud case, it's always something where if someone was just paying attention, if they were just looking at their bank statements, if they were just logging into their bank accounts on a regular basis, if they had just reviewed their financial statements, a lot of times it would have been discovered a lot sooner. But, you know, people aren't paying attention. And it's also like things like uh, credit cards. So let's say, for instance, with credit cards, you may have team members who have credit cards because it's just more convenient for them to be able to purchase things. And you can put limits on them. You can even some credit cards even allow you to put spending categories where they can only purchase certain things with the cards. But also paying attention to those kinds of things. A great way for someone to steal is purchasing stuff from Amazon. You can buy anything from Amazon. Yeah. Anything, you know, I won't be surprised if Amazon starts selling cars in the future, you know, like just so paying attention to where they're actually making purchases. Another thing that I've seen is they may purchase gift cards from like Office Depot. Mm -hmm. So paying attention to your bank statement, especially like if you if you purchase a gift card, it's going to be a round amount, right? So if you see $100 at Office Depot, that might be more of a red flag to say, hey, why did I spend $100 at Office Depot? And it may be that they bought a gift card to a restaurant and it wasn't an actual office supply. But you know, your bookkeeper, when they see Office Depot, they might think, oh, this must be office supplies. Right. So just paying attention to not only the purchases that you see, but pay attention to the numbers. Why did I spend $500 at Office Depot? Yeah. What was purchased there? You know, so paying attention to stuff. I think the, the theme of this episode is pay attention. What do you think? <laughs> It makes sense. And just don't be afraid to ask questions. And that's the beauty of online accounting now. Like I go in and look at our books every month, or even more so, probably more regularly, but I'll click into things and I'll ask questions like, why are we reimbursing this? Or what was this for? You know, just, I just act like a dummy. Like, what, what is this? I'm curious, but I've exactly. never had any reason to doubt anybody. Like, as a, I just want to know number one. And sometimes, you know, I find things are miscategorized, but I guess to your point, my team now knows I'm going to ask questions if I exactly. see that's expenses. The key. Like that's the key. If they know that you are watching this, that you are paying attention to this, then they will act accordingly. 
they will pay attention to that. And that is that is one of the keys to creating an ethical culture in your business, in your firm, because when you are having conversations about these kinds of things, then they know that, you know, that kind of stuff doesn't fly with you. You know, I think about like when I was in school, like I had fun in college, but I was never a rule breaker. I was that person, like, I'm following the rules. I'm going to do what is right. And so if I knew people who, like, maybe smoke weed or did stuff like that, they knew not to ask me to smoke weed Mm -hmm. because I'm not going to do it. I would, you know, like, and so when you create this kind of environment, this kind of culture in your firm, your employees, your your people who work for you, whether they're contractors or they're inside your firm, they're going to know the things that they can and can't get away with if yeah. it's really clear. And I mean, I mean, I trust my team immensely, but they hold me to the same standard. I'll confess to everyone. We had a charge a couple months ago from Home Depot and we could trace it, it was like the Home Depot near my house. And I can't for the life of me Maybe I just messed up and used my business card and pulled that out instead of my personal card. But I was like racking my brain. It wasn't very much money, but I was like, oh my gosh, did I buy those plants and use the business <laughs> card? You know. But my team, my team was asking me, like, they're like, hey, Stephanie, why did we, what, what did you buy at Home Depot? Because that is not a, you know, typical lawyerist purchase. And right. I was appalled and we took care of it, you know, but like, I want to be held to that same standard too. And I, you know, look, guys, business owners, I know you have wiggle room. As a business owner, you get to decide, you know, which expenses you're putting on the business card, which things you're calling business meals. I'm not here to, to you know, quibble with that. But it was just, I appreciated that my I team. Am. No. Okay, you, you can. <laughs> but I guess I was just saying, I appreciated that my team was also holding me accountable for, wait, yeah. why, why is this charge on the business card? And I had no right. problem with them asking me. I still to this day can't figure out what I did, but we took care of it. (laughs) But you created what you did is you created a culture where the conversations and the questions were two ways. Right. They ask you questions, you ask them questions and it was okay. And that's what you want as a, a business. You want to be able to create that open dialogue so that people are okay with asking the questions and everybody knows that everybody's paying attention. So that's super. Great. I feel proud then. I got I got a super from Bernadette. <laughs> well, I think our overall theme, my big takeaway here is it's okay to pay attention. It's, I mean, not just okay, you should, and you should ask questions and trust but verify. And the good news is I know for the people in our lab community, we have a whole series of templates of financial controls that walk everyone exactly through how you can set up specific policies in your business. If you're not a member of Lab yet, I mean, talk to me, why not? But also you can find these resources online. Like these aren't hidden policies in the world. If you just start Googling financial controls, you'll get a good sense of the types of things you can put in place for your business because it's time well spent, I think. Yeah. I remember when I was in uh, graduate school, when I was getting my second master's, I have a master's in fraud and forensics. And one of the first courses that I took, we had this assignment and I struggled with the assignment because the assignment was we had to be a fraudster. So I had to be a fraudster. I had to steal from one of my clients and I had to write a paper saying how I stole and how I got caught. 
Hmm. Oh God. Like, you know, so any, <laughs> I'm sweating I don't know how thinking about you, it. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I don't know how many of you know this, but I am a overachiever, like to the max. Like I freaked out because I got two A minuses and I didn't graduate with a four point all. So that's just to give you just, yes, that's, that's me. Right. Yeah, I graduated with a 3.9. I don't understand why I got a minus. But anyway, I I know, I know, (laughs) I know. So when I was doing this assignment, I spent two days just like freaking out over the assignment. Like, oh my gosh, I could never steal from my clients. You know, what what am I going to do? How am I going to do this assignment? And then I realized the point of the assignment. The point of the, of the other assignment was for me to see how someone can steal from me so that I could prevent them from stealing from me. And so for the listeners, I want you to think about that, you know, like think about what are some of the ways that people could steal from you yeah. in your business? And I know that is a that is hard to think about. You don't want to think about that. That's that's painful. But if you think about what are some of the ways that people can steal from you and then plug the holes? We're yeah, done. I love it. And I know I said we were wrapping up, but you reminded me, honestly, like I do know of a lawyer from way back when I was at the big firm. He stole over a hundred, like hundreds of thousands of dollars from a large law firm. He did it by making up, he like was really sophisticated. He made up a fake like court reporting company And so he said he was doing all these depositions and he would submit reimbursements for this court reporter that he was writing, you know, writing checks to for this court reporter. But he had it all kind of funneling back to him and they caught him. But like, I mean, some people will go to big efforts to steal from you. I mean, we were talking about like the easy stuff. That was pretty complicated. Oh, yeah. But your paper reminded me of that, that, you know. My husband used to own a restaurant and he was a bartender and he was like, look, I know people are trying to steal from me. I've been a bartender. I know all the ways for it to happen. So now I know what to look for. And so that's kind of the, we have to put that hat on like, okay, that's great advice. And it's hard to do. It is very hard to do, but I'm telling you, if you spend the time doing it, it is so rewarding because you have to think like a froster. You have to think like a thief. How can someone take advantage of you? And then what are some of the things you can do to make sure that they can't based on that? So that's your homework, guys. I want you to think like a fraudster. How can someone steal from you and your law firm? And then I want you to go fix it. Yeah. When we post this episode, I'm going to put that in the comments on social so people can come in and share it and share what they came up with or what they've seen. Because honestly, hearing these stories is good because maybe somebody has seen something or thought of something that my little innocent mind. I'm I'm a fellow non-rule breaker with Bernadette. <laughs> we might not think of it, but collectively as a community, we can educate each other. So make sure you do your homework and then come and comment on that. And Bernadette was so great to be with you talking about the F word. <laughs> and we did not break any rules talking about the F word. I love it. I love it. I always always love our conversations. We never know where we're going to go. Well, it was just, it was an absolute pleasure to be here. I hope that the time that you spent with us today was um, well spent, that you've gotten something from this episode. And definitely 
are in moving in the right direction towards making sure that you're protecting your business and growing because when you're at the point where you're starting to give these responsibilities to someone else, that means that your firm is growing and we want you to grow in a good way. Yep. I love it. The Lawyerist Podcast is edited by Brittany Felix. Are you ready to implement the ideas we discuss here into your practice? Wondering what to do next? Here are your first two steps. First, if you haven't read the Small Firm Roadmap yet, grab the first chapter for free at lawyerist.com forward slash book. Looking for help beyond the book? Let's chat about whether our coaching communities are right for you. Head to lawyerist.com forward slash community forward slash lab to schedule a 10 minute call with our team to learn more. The views expressed by the participants are their own and are not endorsed by Legal Talk Network. Nothing said in this podcast is legal advice for you. Thank you.